0: Fighting for airtime with my next-door neighbour this week. Welcome to Hand of Pod. Welcome to episode 237 of the Internet's Finest English Language Argentine Football Podcast. If you can hear anything in the background, that's my next-door neighbour who is talking at her normal volume on the telephone with somebody. Um, so apologies, I doubt the, the microphone quite picks it up enough for it to come out on the recording, but you never know. Um, I'm Sam Kelly, and this week I'm joined by Andres Bruckner.
1: Hello, missed meet you, meet you uh, both you and the listeners, last episode, because... I couldn't uh, make it, but now I'm here again, so happy.
0: Indeed, to enjoy this beautiful evening in Buenos Aires.
1: Yes, Uh, I I think I told you that uh, most of the episodes I came here, at this apartment specifically, uh, I don't know if 70% or so, but uh, something like that, it was rainy. Mm. I don't know why, but... Uh, this is one of those, those cases
0: yes it's, it's one of those days when I really yes. appreciate springtime in Buenos Aires having moved here from uh, England um, anyway it is pissing down outside in case anybody didn't pick up the sarcasm in my voice uh, let's go over the results from the weekend just gone in the Primera División they went as follows Defensa y Justicia beat Banfield 1-0 in Florencio Barrera Belgrano okay. and Aldo Sivi drew 0-0 in Córdoba Vélez-Sarsfield got a 2-1 win over Colón in that match that I picked out last week as an indicator of how well both teams might be actually doing, um, with the fixture list sort of starting to even out for both of them. Atletico de Rafaela picked up a 3-2 win at home to Racing in probably the most entertaining match of the weekend. Huracán lost 2-1 at home to Tempele and Paki <coughs> Patricios. Estudiantes beat Rosario Central 3-2 in another cracker in La Plata. No, not in La Plata, sorry, in Quilmes, um, because the Estadio Único is being used for... Who was it playing this week? Uh, yes, it wasn't...
1: There was the show, a music uh,
0: Some festival. Some 80s something? rock band. Or, oh! Uh, Aerosmith, Ar- Ar- was wasn't it? it? Uh, yes, Aerosmith sounds right, Yeah, because the music festival yes. was in Tecnopolis.
1: Yes, I yes. And I, I read a piece from you that in which you te- you told, or you said that uh, asked Gymnasia... A mm. president to play there, but they, they did.
0: didn't. They refused. They yeah, they did uh, the week before the, the La Plata Classic or the previous, uh, well, two weeks ago. Um, San Martín de San Juan at home to Tacheres, lost, which means, of course, that Tacheres picked up their first win of this Primera campaign 3 1. Independiente lost in Avellaneda against Atletico mm. Tucumán. Lanús beat Godoy Cruz 3 0 in Lanús, the Showdown between two of last season's top four, of course. Um, Boca Juniors got a 2-0 win in La Bomonera at home to Sarmiento. Newell's Old Boys got a 1-0 win in Rosario against Gimnasia. Arsenal de Sarandí lost in Sarandí, 3-1 against San Lorenzo. Um, In Paraná, another very entertaining match for the neutral, at least possibly less so for myself and Andres. Patronato got a 2-1 win over River Plate coming back from 1-0 down shortly after half-time. And in the final match of the weekend, which I did not see because I was emceeing the Buenos Aires pub quiz, um, Union got a 1-1 draw with Quilmes in Santa Fe. Mm. few of the goals are starting to roll in now. It's a notably higher scoring league than it was for the first few weeks of the season.
1: Yes, we we were back, uh, went back to the uh, stats in the I think was previous uh, the, the previous uh, tournament in which uh, uh, there were bunches of goals of course because there were, there are a lot of matches also but uh, uh, we were used again to the lack of goals and now hmm. again it's a number big number in the first
0: three rounds of the season this current season we had 26 goals 22 goals and 29 goals obviously these are all from 15 matches um And in the last three, we've had 34 in Round 4, 35 last week uh, in Round 5, and 43 this weekend just gone. Um, So it's official, the Argentine League is entertaining again. Um, And we shall start, as usual, I think, with with a round-up of of the Big Five, who, having all started the season very, very strongly, there were a number of defeats, because we had uh, River lost, of course, Racing lost, away to Atletico Tucumán, Independiente lost. Um, which just leaves Boca and San Lorenzo as the only two who won so who should we start with? Let, let's start with Independiente because that's the match I can remember the least about um, so let's get it out of the way first did you catch any of that?
1: A uh, Little but what I of course know is uh, and you can uh, you can see that because only by, by watching the the, the the stats or the summary of the of the match that Atletico uh, Tucumani in the very first one of the very first uh, plays just scored uh, they ca- came, jumped into the into the pitch, uh, almost scoring because uh, in a very very long pass at the first minute uh, with Leonardo Gonzalez, I think it was. Mm. They opened the the, the the score. The the the, the yes, they, they scored the first goal there in uh, the very one of the very first place, and, and after that, in the end, they couldn't get back to the match. Uh, strange, strange because the at the when Milito started his campaign as, as the coach of Independiente, Independiente started winning with no not receiving goals. Perhaps not brilliantly playing, but uh, when we say, uh, "Well, the, the, the play of the of that team wasn't brilliant," I think at almost any uh, uh, there is there is no team there are no teams in the world I think that their player is brilliant, mm. really brilliant, and and we were used to, to hear and to say. Uh, well, the, the, that team won, but their play wasn't brilliant. I think in the case of Independiente, when Milito started, um, they started winning. They started playing as a solid team or a team that appeared to be solid. And in, in these uh, last matches, uh, that solid that strength uh, uh, disappeared, and now they are a team with no reaction. Uh, they 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 were one nil. Uh, They conceded that that goal in the first minute and couldn't get back to the match.
0: Yeah, it was a bizarrely flat one, which I think is why I can remember so little of it, because it's not that I didn't watch it, it was just that for long periods of it, there seemed to be very little to sort of justify my paying attention to it over the small amount of of writing work that I was trying to get done during it. Um, As you say, it's Independiente's first league defeat of the season, um, but it was hardly a particularly encouraging performance all round. They're going to be away to Dumballa this coming weekend, which I'm sure they will have pegged down as as a good chance to sort of pick themselves up again because it's a match that they should should be expecting to win. Um, but we'll have to wait and see because it was a, a bizarrely limp performance. Um, yeah,
1: but there there were a. Their the performances of the players was was like coming down little by little, and now uh, the last match was the worst, I think. And uh, of course, there were rumors of Sebastian uh, Rodriguez, uh, Christian Rodriguez, the, the Uruguay that mm. uh, when, they, when he played for Uruguay was very very good. Uh, against uh, Colombia was the last match. of The, the last campfires. Uruguay match
0: was yes against Colombia, yeah,
1: um, and he was good. He was. Uh, uh, fast, with good pace and, and that and uh, when he plays for Independiente uh, I don't know why uh, he he can't con- uh, continue with that with that play uh, and he had to say that he wasn't uh, 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 in a fight or a struggling with with Milito because it was said that he had a bad relation uh, mm. so when you lose you lose there is there are these things of of uh, stories that uh, well invented or not uh, players have to say no I am not uh, I don't don't have a bad relation with the coach and this is the case of of Sebosha.
0: I've just realised whilst looking at the computer screen um, that having told you all last week that it was the match to probably avoid or at least not really set anything aside watching uh, in my bubble uh, weekend football preview um, on thebubble.com um, Olimpo versus Tigre is the result that I managed to completely forget reading out at the start of the show I don't think I'd, I think I'd oh, skipped over yes. it somehow um, and that finished 4-1 <laughs> to Tigre in Blanca. so that shows what a good uh, judge I am it was Tigre's first win in 12 matches or something but we'll get on to that properly later we'll continue with the big five for now Independiente as we say were, were bizarrely limp something that can't be said of I don't think really any of the other Grandes mm-hmm. um, even Rassing and River who both lost looked a lot livelier than Independiente um, but all the same River's defeat felt rather like one that's been coming for certain bits of the season because they were very inattentive at the back
1: yes uh, well uh, uh, there were a pair of matches in which it was first defeat from one team and first victory of the other of mm. the of the rivals well and Paz River is one of, the, of those uh, which of course says a lot of the of the match with river having a very very good first uh thirty minutes of the match but ca- uh, w- uh, with no uh deep attack it was a very good uh, possession of the ball with controlling the match with a good uh, uh, especially good and the they are in the in the, with the ball but then uh as if they had a lot of matches in the week um Physically, they were physically down in the, especially in the second half I, I don't know if in Parna where the match was played it was hot or or there was high temperature but uh, having had two weeks uh, of rest because of the qualifiers uh, and the second half of that match was terrifying terrible, terrible for River mm. in uh, physically speaking and uh, they lost the uh, rhythm and well Patronato with uh, no clearly not a lot of Creatively, of creativity but uh, managed to 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 put River in a, in a uh, worse worse situation in their side and, and well finally managed to to grab a, a, a very important victory for them um, yes and River in the, in the back it was uh, not the first time in which they uh, lack of concentration and and, and have a, a pair of, of of bad pos- uh, position in the, in the in their defense, uh, and there was a, a polemic also in the final of the match in the, when there was the goal of second goal of Patronato uh, because the River, river players uh, thought that Patronato should have uh, given the back the ball back to them, and because oh, Pat- there was someone injured. Was yes, Badasha was uh, uh. He was injured with the with with the knock in his head. But he continued playing. That is the strange uh, thing about that. Um, and but the, when the play was in the side of Patonato, uh, they started playing again uh, with the ball in there. in, there, in the uh, in having the ball uh, in, in on their own and uh, scoring the, the goal. After that goal, the, the players of the royal players said that the, there was not
0: fair play. Um, I completely missed. I saw the goal, but I completely missed. What had happened in the build-up, and so I was wondering why it took them so long yes. to uh, to restart. And of course, Dennis Rodriguez got sent off.
1: Yes, um, because that in the interim as he well, discussed but. about the who who, who should have had the ball. Uh, if River Pato, uh, and uh, there was a fight there that wasn't uh, wo- uh, uh, shown by by TV. Hmm. That that's what that's why uh, uh, after uh, the other day it wasn't clear why the uh, reason why the. Uh, Denis Rodriguez was having was uh, had, had been sent off, uh, but well, the, the players of River had a, a said about that the fair play that it wasn't a fair play, and, and the codes the, the the bad badly called code, codes or codigos in, in football, which is that well, when there is a player in the in the yeah. in the floor, you have have to uh, throw the ball away. Mm. Uh, but River had time to, to clear the ball. It wasn't a play that uh, uh, Patronato was attacking and didn't throw the ball away. So, but uh, it was in, in the middle or, or even in the side of Patronato. So mm. I don't think there was a problem of fair play. But uh, well, the River players argued about that and, and thought that they, there was a lack of, of, of fair play. And
0: Well, even the, if there was, it's not actually against the rules yes. you, you've still got to uh keep up it, you yes. know, it's something that should be praised when it does take place but equally it's not written into the rules that so they have to do it so you can't expect them to do it um and it, it sort of tells a few weeks ago we recorded at dams and uh english down i should say to give him his full a pot title um and he opined that Arturo Mina was not all that. Now, I was very impressed with Arturo Mina during the Copa Libertadores uh, for Mm -hmm. Independiente del Valle um, and thought that he was deservedly in the best 11 for that competition. Um, Since coming to River, I've continued to defend him, but I'm now starting to think that maybe Dan was right, that Mina is more of a sort of player whose um, enormous athletic capabilities can perhaps do something to, to disguise some of his faults um, and that Luciano Lolo when he's fit again um, should be first choice and, and, and will hopefully uh, from the Rivers, River fans point of view um, even things out a little bit in, in defence because River have continued to look rather chaotic at the back
1: when is Lolo coming back? Well, he's injured again now isn't That's he? the problem yes he had a, another injury in the same place in the same uh, fit it's the same foot, sorry. Um, so he had been under surgery again. And, well, he will be back uh, from for pre-season of 2017, summer. Hmm.
0: So it's a little while longer still. I was reading earlier that um, River very nearly signed Herman Conti from Colón uh, over the winter break. Um, I wouldn't have minded that either. I think he's a very good young centre-back. But then I thought Arturo Amino was good, and it turns out he might not be anymore. Mm we'll see there's still time for River to bed down but as I said it felt like a defeat that had been coming for a while given how chaotic River's uh, defence was it doesn't necessarily mean listeners that they're not one of the teams to try and watch particularly if you're a neutral because um, these sort of things that start going around Twitter almost on a weekly basis now when River are playing are that they are as chaotic at the back as they are great going forward because the attack remains very very nice indeed to watch Um, but defensively Bit all over the place yes. at the, moment.
1: the problem in the, in the last matches is that they can't be better in attack than than the worst that they are in defense of. I mean, they are good in attack and they are aren't very very good at uh, in, in defense. And the 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 problem is that when the river is under in under attack, they when they the rival attacks river. Uh, there's half the possibility of 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 conceding a goal. It's fifty percent for me. It's, mm. it's half a goal, and when they attack, it's not that uh, accurate accuracy. Even though that lucis continues to w- win with his good form, having scored six goals in six matches, um, but well, he he's scoring himself only at this point, and uh, that's a problem because when they are uh, have a bad position in defense and they are not good uh, clearing the ball and. and and uh, marking, well, the, the, the problem is, that's the problem that happened the other day. Uh, even when they have lost only that match. I mean, they lost their clean sheet, no clean sheet, the, 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 uh, it was the first match they lost and Patronato the, the first one in, that they won, like mm. you said, I think.
0: Yeah. Um, and talking of business at the front party at the back, we'll now move on to Racing who went 1-0 down halfway to the first half against Aledigo Rafaela, equalised with a stonking free kick from Gustavo Bo on the verge of half-time, um, and then went 2-1 up through another beauty from Oscar Romero uh, halfway through the second half before throwing it all away in the last 15 minutes. To, well, in fact, in about three minutes, um, with 14 minutes and 11 minutes to go um, to concede two goals from Marcelo, is he called? Bornino, Marco Bornino, Marco Bornino. Well done um, for Atletico de Rafaela to get a three-two win over Racing. In as I said earlier, possibly the most entertaining game of the weekend. Light River really Racing looked good going forward, uh, but really struggled to get it together at the back, which is unusual for a, a Ricardo Zielinski team.
1: Yes, I don't remember. I I, I couldn't follow that story, but. Uh, it was Daniel ortiz there in the back uh, paraguayan i think i ha- we had a, a question about him mm. but he was just awful he he only he almost uh, gave the goals to Rafaela as a gift because uh, in two plays, in one he was lazy he was s- s- slow and in the other one he tried to clear it and and the ball hit in the, or bounced in in the in the uh, Rafaela Rafaela player, and that was the start of the of the third and final goal mm.
0: yeah, bizarrely um, and it was it wasn't just the you know it wasn't like it was the first goal or the third it was the two goals that came yes. almost immediately together, so it was two absolute howlers from him, um, just a few minutes apart to, to I think that one from his team in the
1: first and the other one from And the one who you, mm.
0: the one you mentioned. Oh so it was the first goal, sorry. Then. Budinho's was the, the opener. Okay. Um, so that's Racing, or what we have to say of Racing at least. Uh, let's let's get on to happier news for, for the Big Five, because we've now covered Independiente, Racing, and River, who all lost. Um, Boca Juniors got a 2 0 win at home to Sarmiento, with Ricky Centurion and Walter Bo scoring. So the mother Bo was uh, given yes. a good Mother's Day present this weekend, because both of her children scored. It's, it was Mother's Day on Sunday in Argentina. For those of you who are wondering, anyway, she up. was
1: more used to to, to celebrating Gustavo's goals. Mm. Now he was in a not a good streak or streak of, of because he wasn't scoring, and in this case, yes, uh, 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 Gustavo and Walter both both were there in the net. Must be Walter's first goal for Boca, right? Officially, I think he he scored for a, in that. Uh, for in that friendly that didn't finish against Olympia oh uh, we don't count friendlies yes of not course not, not official um, so well done to to Boca who
0: looked <laughs> they looked good until they took the lead if you see what I mean I thought um, they scored the goals just that exactly I mean the, fir- the first half hour I thought they pressed fairly well or at least for the first sort of 15 minutes they pressed fairly well they started to I don't know whether it was Boca starting to lose their intensity or San Miento starting to think, hang on, it's not that scary playing a La Monero. we can do this, and starting to push them forward a bit. And just when that happened, Centurion put them 1-0 up uh, with a cracking strike. Um, and then they seemed to sort of gain in confidence again. And really for about probably 30 minutes worth of, of playing time, so 15 minutes either side of half-time, um, I thought that Boca looked... looked like Boca and La Bombonera again you know, playing with a bit of pomp and lots of organisation and and fair enough and the second half they fell away a little bit and then Bo um, put the the icing on the cake three minutes into stoppage time Um, and it was Sarriento looked very flat after half time I thought after going 1-0 down they they seemed to the wind sort of went out of their sails a bit Um, but it means that of course that Boca continue that that perfect run of form in La Bombonera um, even at the same time as frequently looking useless away, so a bit confusing really being Boca, But Carlos Tevez was back in the team, and well, how did he do?
1: Yes, it's, it looks like he he's uh, of course uh, attractive for for people for the supporters that won, won, go to the to the to La Bombonera and, and I like to watch him play again. Uh, but he he's still no, he's not making that difference. Mm. And, of course, uh, that difference that he used to make when he was at Juventus um, uh, looks like he is, his, Carlos his Tevez, of course. is. Uh, he always, he will always be in an important uh, player for the team, but uh, I don't think he's, he's doing uh, the things that that supporters uh, thought that he, he should do or he would do when he came back only in the beginning when he he started playing again for Boca after the uh, coming from Juventus that he showed something different and and doing interesting things and different things and now he's uh, not not another player from from uh, I mean a single a normal player but not the the Carlos Tevez that uh, could could do uh, could still do do that, that things that he did when he came back
0: Yeah, he seemed to be lacking a bit of intensity on Sunday, which was um, a bit strange, really. Um, Moving on to the last one of the Big Five to... Well, not the last one of the Big Five to play, sorry, because it was a couple of hours before Rivers' game. uh, But the last one of them to win at the weekend was San Lorenzo, who, thanks to a hat-trick from Martín Cauteruccio... Uh, got a 3-1 win away to, I wanted to say, Martin caltaruccio's former club Arsenal, but that's not right, is it? He played for Quilmes. Yes, Quilmes. Yeah, so not Martin Cauteruccio's former club Arsenal, um, who got a late consolation through Joaquin Bojosian in a match about which there's really not very much to say, apart from San Lorenzo look like the business. Uh, it was their you second 3-1 win in the space of a few days because they beat Godoy Cruz 3-1. The, the same color, yes. As people who listened to the end of uh, last week's episode will be aware because that was the Copa Argentina game that was taking place just after we recorded with Peter last week. Um, you said uh,
1: that Tereus wasn't intense. Well, that's mm. just the other way to San Lorenzo because they are very intense. They are. They. they look like, like, like they know what to do and they do it because... Uh, uh, they don't. They didn't need to be very very uh, spectacular playing, but he. They were like uh, well, attack and goal. They yeah. attacked and, and they scored. It it was like a very uh, and well, Cautorucho with the three per uh, three very very good shots that uh, ended in the in the net and and yes, it's that's another point, another, another key from San Lorenzo. When Blandi is not there, Cautorucho is also uh, pushing there.
0: Yeah, um, and I've been impressed this season, uh, I've, I've been impressed generally when he was at Estudiantes as well, but uh, with Ezequiel Cerruti's work out wide. And I know that I often mock um, Argentines who are calling for players to be called up to the national team after doing particularly well for a while um, in the Primera División but watching on Saturday was the first time that I actually sort of started to see what people were talking about with Fernando Bellucci um he's playing really really well uh, I, I've sort of remember Bellucci as being the the guy who looked really good for Newell's and then slightly emasculated when he joined River um which must have been I'm getting not on for 10 years ago or something now maybe 8 years ago um but on Saturday for San Lorenzo he, he was, He's fantastic He covers every blade of grass And, and gets forward very well And has I think Honed his passing range He seems to be A much more accurate passer In the final third Than I remember him being I, I think he got at least one assist um, For Calterruccio
1: Yes and He looks He plays Similarly to to The way he played For River But uh, With more co- He's more, more constant He's mm-hmm. More co- Continuous Continuous in his in his uh, 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 good, pl- good pace and good pass, like you said and because when he played forever he was, uh, uh, had this quality but not all the time yeah. there were matches in, in which he was dull and of course the supporters weren't happy with him uh, but now at San Lorenzo he's playing the same quality but with more, uh, uh, more, more time doing that
0: indeed. Sorry to cut this short but we're going to take a brief break now because any minute now the building administrator for my building is uh, going to come around to look at a problem that we have in the kitchen. Um, So we will come back after this slightly extended half-time break and discuss the rest of the Primera División and also some other stuff because as ever (coughs) the AFA have given us plenty of talking points in the last couple of days so don't go away. longer break than we were expecting uh, let's get on with the rest of the league that's not the big five um, so the most entertaining games strike me um, as being Tigres 4-1 evisceration of Olimpo which I didn't catch any of at all um, because it was on at the same time as Boca vs. Sarmiento and Newells vs. Gymnasia and I couldn't find it on the television because it didn't occur to me to look at Cronica, which was the only channel showing it um, did you catch any of
1: it no not not, more, not a lot of that but uh... all we can
0: say in that case is that Tigre scored four goals from four different players which is normally a sign of a very healthy team attack and I would believe that it were if but for the fact that it was Tigre's first win in oh lots and lots of matches uh, let's see whether it says it here on universal. it's something like 12 or 11 matches or something as I said at the beginning of the of the podcast, oh good, my internet's cut out temporarily so I can't load the page Um, but yeah since about the 17th round of the no, not the 17th round, it'll be about the 13th round of the um, transitional championship, here it is Um, so they cut short that run and we can't say anything more about that game but the other game, which we can say something about, was Estudiantes 3 Rosario Central 2 um, which was fantastic fantastic stuff de Montoya gave Central the lead after 21 minutes Israel Damonte equalised for Estudiantes uh, 7 minutes later Lucas Viatri gave Estudiantes a 2-1 lead with a penalty 7 minutes before half time Marco Ruben scored if I remember rightly a very nice goal yes. oh, finished off a lovely team top of, move top of the net peach of a pass as well from it wasn't Lo Celso it was somebody else to, to set him up um to make it 2-2 six minutes into the second half, and then Facundo Sánchez scored what proved to be the winner. Um, it means that even though they conceded for the first time this season, in the league at least, um, Estudiantes remain top of the league, they remain unbeaten, and With they've no one,
1: to win one game. He, he, he was injured. Oh, so he was. Noel
0: Losada yes. was in goal. Maybe that's why they conceded.
1: Yes, and the, another remarkable thing, uh, similar to... Tigres uh, scoring scoring goals with different players is that again, the, the the one the players that that scored for Estudiantes weren't, weren't the usual uh, scorers because Facundo Sanchez is the right back and Damonte is a defensive midfielder or well it's a midfielder with not a lot of goals. Scored. Mm.
0: The player with the fantastic assist, by the way, for Marco Ruben was. Um Mauricio Martinez. Oh. He's showing up here as Mariano Martinez, but I'm almost certain that his first Mario name Martinis is Mariano Martinez is an actor. Yes, precisely. Yes. And Universal Football, I have a bit of a habit of getting first names wrong, because I've discovered recently. Um, yes. I'm the pretty Premier sure it's Mauricio. Yes. Um, in a way, encouraging for Central as well, because after some very indifferent form at the start of the season, they thrashed Arsenal, the in the previous round, in round five, 5-0 uh, yes. five, five nil. Nil or 5-1? Five five, it was 5-0, wasn't it? Yeah, well done. Um, and so I think, sort of, whilst obviously they wouldn't have wanted to lose, the fact that they managed to score twice against a team with a stronger defence as Estudiantes, even with a Estudiantes' second-choice goalkeeper, um, is sort of encouraging for the attack, because I thought, like, I felt like the, the fluidity of their attack was the thing that seemed to be missing most in the early rounds. Um, So it seems a bit weird to say it after a 3-2 defeat, but considering the quality of the opponents that they were facing, um, I think that Central can take some level of encouragement from that as well.
1: For the following match, which is
0: against? Of course, yes, they're uh, at home, I believe, against Newell's Old Boys this coming weekend. Um, so we may as well now consider how Newell's did at the weekend and then make it into a little bit of a classical Rosarino preview. Because Newell's played Estudiantes uh, classical rivals, Gimnasia. They got a 1-0 win through Víctor Figueroa, which I didn't catch. Well, I, I had it on my computer whilst Boca were on the television. Um, but anyway, it's surprisingly, now
1: second, there
0: Yeah. Level with San Lorenzo, four wins and two draws each, no defeats yet from six matches. Um and it, it it's looking like they're sort of rediscovering some of their uh, pomp from about when Tata Martino was in charge, isn't it?
1: Yes, it, Perhaps it not quite Figueroa was one of those who who did a brilliant job when Martino was the was the coach. And
0: so this is the first time really and it feels like the first time since Central got promoted to the Primera again, which was what Two years ago, th- two and a half years ago, three maybe, um, that that it feels like the the the, the Clásico isn't just going to be a foregone conclusion. It's not either going to be a Central win or both teams playing out a fairly dull draw in order to get out of the stadium alive. Um, but there's an actual chance that Newell's might win this, and I think at the moment that the Central that uh, the, the Clásico um, Central are currently on their longest run ever unbeaten against Newell's. So
1: similar to the way we this against Gimnasia could be or something yeah, uh, like
0: it that yeah it might well be I, I don't know whether it's quite as long because I think Estudiantes are unbeaten against Team Nassi in 12 games or something I think mm-hmm. Central might be 8 or 9 unbeaten against Newell's um, so it makes it a really interesting classic this weekend ok part of that is as much because Central's level has lowered a bit um, just at the same time as Newell's have, have upped things um, yeah, the other day I, d- be, I don't know if it was the
1: I don't know if it was 10th anniversary for the uh, 7-0 victory mm. from the estudiantes to the gimnasia
0: yeah it was um, in fact it was on the sa- It was on Sunday because it was the same day that Atletico de Madrid won 7-1 against um, was it Granada who they played at the mm. weekend and uh, it was 10 years to the day since of course Diego Simeone had, had previously managed a team that scored 7 or Atletico scored 7 a couple of seasons ago as well but that wasn't on the anniversary <laughs> of the <laughs> the 7-0 as the estudiantes fans call it and um, so the classical Rosarino, as I say, looks interesting. Um, what are your thoughts, Andres?
1: Well, uh, I would be satisfied if the match continues until the nineteenth minute, uh, because we know that Rosario is very very uh, high pressure in terms of the of the how the the supporters uh, feel and how they they are with the, with the match um. being played. More, more than any other city in the country uh, compared only to River Boca perhaps or in the Racing but it's very very hard and uh, if the, the match ends I will be happy and then yes I think that in this case it's more in favor perhaps of Nules in terms of how they are arriving to the match even when you know that uh, uh, when these kind of matches are playing are being played uh, there is there is there, it, there is no uh, there it has no sense or it, it has not much uh, sense to compare how they are uh, how they did in the previous matches because of course it's uh, uh, players it's like they forget about the other matches and only are focused on that mm. um
0: it is worth remembering that central are four games unbeaten at home um, and I think since Eduardo Caldet took charge which was in December 2014 uh, they've lost one game at home and that was fairly recent obviously it was well the five games ago, five home matches ago uh, that's the only game I believe that they've lost in any competition at home under Caldette, Uh and therefore the only home game that Caldet has ever lost in his managerial career so far uh, I can't remember who that was against it would have been in the, not the Sudamericana would it? it would have been yeah in the league sometime towards the end of last year Um, so worth keeping an eye on this weekend, the Classico Rosarino, which is going to be, I can tell you now, um, or I can tell you in a second anyway, as soon as this page loads, uh, is, where is it? Sunday at 4pm Argentine time, which if you're in the UK is 8pm and if you're on the Eastern seaboard of the United States is 3pm. Um so keep your eyes peeled for streams of that one and whatnot um elsewhere the weekend just gone Tacheres. I feel we should give them a pat on the back because they finally got a win
1: after yes a, having a a good preview in terms of well we thought or we we because of the prayers they had that they would win before, but well finally they they got it against San Martins and Juan. Who's a very not it's not a regular team because they can do good matches and and, and win uh, in a way condition against uh, hard uh, rivals and mm. then lose against Acheres, who a team that is with play good players but that couldn't win before. Yeah, so it is they they haven't actually, San Martin
0: haven't won yet this season. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean to illustrate what you're saying. Yes. Uh, they have indeed managed some fairly impressive results because, of course, they got that 2-2 draw away to San Lorenzo on the first weekend um, and a 1-1 draw away to River on the third weekend of the season. Um, but then, as you say, they don't back it up at home. Their, their home results so far have been 2-0 loss, obviously to Racing, but you know, a 2-0 loss to, um, to Rassing on the, uh, in the second weekend, yes. 0-0 at home to Colón, uh, and then this 3-1 defeat to Tacheres. Yes.
1: Um,
0: whereas Tacheres finally, as we say, have managed to win a game. Having, we said at the start of the season, they ought to be able to stay up. They spent a lot of money on their squad. They have a very strong squad, uh, particularly for the only newly promoted team in the Primera. And during the first five games of the season, we saw them pick up two points and only manage two goals. So to see them pick up three points and score three goals in one game uh, was quite a turnaround, particularly away from home. Um, I'm just sort of wondering whether... (laughs) You can't really blame the fixture list they had early on, because they had Racing and River on the opening weekend, and then a relatively informed Colon. But after that, it was Banfield at home and Aldosivi away in the subsequent games, not especially difficult opponents, particularly given how well they performed on that opening weekend against Racing. So, I'm just wondering now whether, with some slightly more, let's say, accessible opponents coming up, uh, whether they can add to. Um, that, that tally because they have it was Justicia this coming weekend at home in Córdoba uh, then they visit Vélez Sarsfield but then it's Patronato Atletico de Rafaela Absenal. all of these are teams that, who are very much going to be Tacheres rivals in, in the relegation battle um, yes. so the next month to month and a half uh, for Tasheres is oh no I, I, yeah I guess the next month really is, is, is going to be vital um, and potentially very influential in the in relegation race One of the teams I just mentioned is Vélez-Sarsfield, who we have had various discussions this season about whether Vélez is still crap or not. We decided, I think, after the the last match, when they were played off the pitch by River 3-0 away, that they were indeed a bit crap. And then they beat Colón 2-1, and Colón sort of started the term, at least, as as one of the more informed clubs um, of the the season, if I'm not remembering incorrectly, let's see. Uh, yeah, of course. In fact, they beat Colón two one away, and it was the, those were the first two goals that Colón had conceded all season. Um, Clean sheets, uh, all of the all of the matches. Yeah. Oh. They Colón did have yeah um, until then because Colón and Estudiantes were the two teams who haven't conceded any goals before this weekend just gone, uh, and now they both have. They both conceded twice. Although Estudiantes won and Colón lost. In, in any case, um, so Venice remain. Slightly difficult to pin down. I suspect they're still closer to being shit than they are to being good.
1: But it's hard to define a team that is not uh, uh that clearly, when Vasquez was out of the team, that we thought or or, or the natural thing would be to continue with the perhaps not a very very good campaign, and, and now now they well defeat a team that hadn't hadn't conceded any goals. Uh, which is, of of course, uh, strange and with uh, some mistakes in defence also, mm. which is, of course, uh, sounds surprising. Yeah. Um, elsewhere
0: at the weekend, just checking here really to see whether we've missed any. One of the goals else. from
1: Velez was called by Hernan Barcos, who, oh, right, yeah. who played in 13 teams, was called up for by Isabella in 2012 for, for the national team, mm. and recently in an interview. He he told how hard was his childhood. He told that he when he was a child, his family was poor, and he used to go with his with his brother to funerals and eat the sandwiches sandwiches that were served, served were served served there. Well, wow. he used to say hello to the family of the dead one, mm. eat the sandwiches and eat and, rice and coke, and, and go away. Well, uh,
0: I hadn't <laughs> hadn't seen that interview. Yes, I'm okay. That's astonishing. Um, as Elsewhere, well, Lanús, in the clash of two teams who did very, very well in the last campaign, not so well so far, this campaign looked head and shoulders above Godoy Cruz, particularly in the second half when they scored all three of their goals. Got a 3-0 win. Um,
1: With sand, sand again there in, in the in the scoring mm. sheet. Yes, uh, the, the, the striker who is only good
0: for Lanús, it would appear. Um, and I'm not really sure that there's anything else too much to uh, in- include in the roundup. So we're going to move on without further ado to some listeners. Qu- oh no, we won't. Well, we will. We'll talk about the AFA stuff first. I yes. think. Um, Andres, do you want to explain it for a bit? Because I've been—I feel like I've done a lot of talking so far.
1: Um, well, there is a bit of the not a very comfortable situation for Armando Perez, and then. Commission Normalizadora or the normalising uh, I don't know how committee. to call it committee yeah. uh, which is not putting things very normally and the, the directors or the board, members of the different teams, especially in the minor divisions want Armando Perez or the whole comi- committee to to step back to to resign and to call for early early elections. Um, because apparently they are not uh, doing anything of that they were designed for, that they were called for, um, and the discipline committee, or however you you, you may call it, uh, made a deep, a very very hard document. The, the
0: disciplinary committee, which is yes. not, not FIFA's, not the government. yes,
1: not the not the. New. uh, So the AFA
0: Disciplinary Committee is one of two bits of the AFA that is not under the auditing of the Normalization Committee. Yes. It it was the Disciplinary Committee and the um, Consejo Federal, wasn't it, that are still under the control of the the AFA directors. The Consejo Federal being, as as Andres says, the sort of lower league um, confederation of of clubs. Um, And in fact, we we got an email from our very own uh, Fran Aldasha. Um, just before we started recording who has released a press release from the Universidad Austral um, underlining various ways in which the AFA is not complying with uh, the norms that FIFA insists on FIFA um, put up a new electoral uh, sort of code for its member associations in 2007 since when the AFA hasn't really made any attempt whatsoever uh, to to apply with those. Obviously for a long time it got away with that because Julio Grandona was first vice president of FIFA and president of the AFA and uh, nobody at FIFA was going to question it. But uh, things like votes that are held with an open show of hands and all the rest of it that we've talked about many times before on the podcast. There was
1: only one, only once in which uh, Julio Grandona uh, was in, involved in elections and only mm-hmm. one... A Rival, he had only one rival, a former referee. Now, I think he's dead, he picked up one vote. Yes, didn't the he, in other in 2001, thing. was that or 2000 or something like that? Maybe 90s. He's a, I think it was 90s, earlier, but uh, only once. Yeah, he showed the power, and, and well, that was, of course, a key in order for him to continue 35 mm. years. Of course, indeed. Um, but, yeah, so the, the press release that
0: Fran has sent us is basically underlining the, the, the fact that even though it's currently being run by, in inverted commas, a FIFA normalisation committee, the offer still isn't normalised to FIFA's standards yet. Um, there are other arguments, uh, like a Gado Baus's contract, which they're not very happy with. Yes.
1: The um, terms of the
0: contract, in terms of the duration of it. Precisely, yeah, because the normalisation committee um, has a maximum... Um, period until the 31st of July, I think it is, or possibly the 1st of July, uh, next year, that Bowser's contract runs until the end of the World Cup, which of course is not next year, it's in 2018. Um, so there are one or two directors uh, who have taken um, issue with this and have said that he should have only been given a contract that ran up until the end of the normalisation committee, which seems like uh, <laughs> giving your manager a contract that ends before the end of the World Cup qualifiers is shooting itself in the foot, but um, we shall see. So all of this kind of stuff is is what's coming into um, questioning at the AFA
1: Of course, it. Of course, it's also the the, the money issue. Mm. Uh, that uh, that's why the the Consejo Federal with the minor divisions, uh, or lower division teams uh, went on strike repeatedly because the money wasn't there in in in. Uh, though, although that the uh, normalisation committee uh, uh, said that they would give them the money, and finally wasn't there, and they offered more less money that that initially uh, was offered. So it was yes. Uh, there are a lot of points in which the co- normalisation committee isn't uh, complying with the FIFA statute or or, or regulations or whatever. Mm. Um,
0: <clears throat> yes. Indeed. I was about to say something else as well, and it's just completely... Apart from s- that, there so was Claudio
1: right. Ubeda designed... Uh, Cold oh, and yes, please, go on. ...Cold uh, 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 as, uh, as su- the under-20 national team coach, so uh, I think it was yesterday.
0: Claudio, Ubeda, Claudio is, Ubeda is the man who um, was the caretaker manager of Racing at the start of the season, having been previously Racing's youth coach. And uh, tell us why people are upset with this,
1: Andres. <laughs> well, because there are, there were 44 sheets with... Projects or proposals from different coaches in order to uh, be in charge of the national of the uh, under 20s Not under on only under twenty, but as a the sort uh, of youth uh, divisions yes, in, generally. Uh, under tra- fifteen, under seventeen, and under twenty three categories. And uh, none of the forty four coaches were were uh, uh, named as the new coach. But Claudio Ubeda, who wasn't there, uh, uh, and the ones that were uh, that they put an eye on the the the, the comi- norm- normalisation committee members had previously called uh, Miguel Angel as the under 20 under 17 mm. national team and the the, the coaches that were uh, ready to be called as, as 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 the under 20 national team coaches were not happy with this because they wanted the, the three categories the under yes. 15 17 and 20. That do this made the the members of the normalization committee to rapidly have to name another one, which was mm-hmm. uh, Ubeda, suggested by Salorio. Another one uh, who is another. Uh, uh, I think it was the prep, uh, physics prepar- uh, officer of the of previous uh, uh, mand- mandatos Yeah. Uh, well, and this. This political uh, situation is uh, made that made Ubeda to be now the coach uh, in, in in instead of having called the one who was uh, naturally prepared for the charge and uh, pres- having presented the the, the proposal or, or the project. Mm. That is the main problem.
0: Indeed, it's all very afa. In yes. other words, um, there's never a dull moment. And oh, that was what I was going to say before you uh, brought up Ubida that I'd forgotten um, was that there was a fantastic quote earlier today from Rodolfo Donofrio, who's, who's the, obviously president of River Plate and, and one of the vice presidents of the AFA, who uh, unusually for an AFA director actually showed a little bit of uh, sort of self criticism um, and said to the I saw it on uh, I think it was ESPN earlier uh, said to the cameras that uh, those of us in, in the board room, who are asking for, you know, elections right now and for the normalisation committee to be kicked out. Um, and mean, I don't think he was talking about us, including himself, in fact, but he used the, the word us. Um, he said, those of us who are asking for this, you know, we're the same idiots who last year organised a vote with 75 people to decide the president and managed to draw it 38-38. Yes. So, you know, there's still a lot of work to be done, is basically what he was saying. Yes, there are no um, reasons
1: to change or... or, or it's changing, but no changes really. Mm. It changes only to 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 quit the ones who are now in the AFA. But uh, uh, then it's the same every day. It's not there are no not changes from the route uh, Now Armando Perez is in Bahrain looking for money because is he yes oh,
0: hell. I because
1: he now there is no money here. And and Mauricio Macri he, he had a meeting with Armando Perez and he told Armando Perez. But there, will, there won't be any more money for football para Todos or for AFA yeah. from the government.
0: That's right. Football para Todos, is uh, the government is officially withdrawing its funding for football para Todos at the end of the year. This was announced yesterday, yes. I think, wasn't it? Yes. Um, although I've been frantically doing a non-news piece of work for the last couple of days, so I've had the television switched on, which is why uh, I'm a little bit behind the times. But yeah, so that was going to happen sort of in a phased they're going to try and phase it out, and they've they've sort of suddenly turned around and said, "Right, there's no more I honestly, money from December onwards." Honestly,
1: don't don't know whether there will be any company, serious company, that will have to be to put money or to have money involved in this. Mm. Even well, of course, there will. They if they proceed for money and they only want money and they don't uh, care about the political situation and all the untidy thing, perhaps they they even. Uh, in that case, they, they will put any money and they will sign the contract. But this situation is uh, really, really, really bad. And I, I, don't, I don't imagine, I don't fancy a, a company coming to Argentina and putting money. Mm. And, well, we will see.
0: No, absolutely. Um, listener's questions now. Uh, we've only had a couple. Uh, Matthew Smith, who runs a very, very good website, uh, well, sorry, Twitter account, um, about Peruvian football um is sending in a question you should follow him on Twitter by the way if you're at all into to Peru uh he's my main source for the very very little amount that I pay admittedly of attention uh, to Peruvian football he's at Peru footy um and he asks how or why did the non-Argentines on the podcast become fans of the clubs that they each support in Argentina uh which admittedly isn't really a question that we can direct to Andres I can answer it for myself which is that I'm uh sympathiser rather than a a dying in the world fan uh, of River Plate because the first time that I came to Argentina um, was uh, to visit uh, a now ex-girlfriend who took me along to a River game and that was it basically Um, I think most of us non-Argentines on on the pod have sort of similar stories sometimes involving girlfriends and sometimes involving groups of mates or or whatever basically we came down there and went to a game
1: the first stadium they went uh, to watch a match or well something like that precisely
0: um Darren Paul as ever with the rassing question uh, asks what happened to Ortiz at the weekend which fortunately we discussed earlier uh, admittedly prompted by having seen Darren's tweet just before we started recording um so hopefully we helped to answer that one earlier Darren but I think that the main word to sum up the answer is massive brain fart uh basically And Liam Kelly, who is no relation to myself, says, is it just me who is unconvinced by Atletico de Rafaela's upturn in form? No, it's not just you. Um, I'm dubious myself. Uh, They have had... I'm just going to try and bring their fixtures so far up. Um, They have admittedly looked a little bit better this season, uh, but they've had a pretty kind... um, fixture list at least for the first three games which was a 1-0 defeat away to Atletico Tucumán followed by two 1-0 wins against Tempele and against a rather out of sorts Gimnasia La Plata now since then I think they've done a bit better because they've from matches uh, against Rosario Central San Lorenzo and Racing they've managed to take four points um, they drew with Central lost to San Lorenzo and beat Racing I think that's probably more points than they would have expected if you'd asked them during the winter break how many points you're going to get from that, three, that run of three games. Um, but I suspect that some of it at least is, is to the, due to the, mot- the motivation, the momentum that they had from those couple of wins against Temple and Gimnasia beforehand. Um, we should get a better indicator, as Liam himself points out in his question this coming weekend when they visit Riberg.
1: We have to. I, I think that we have to keep an eye on, on Bornino, the one who scored mm. the other day, because uh, having uh, being playing in a, in a uh, perhaps uh, not a very not a big team like Atletico Rafaela. It's a big team from the interior, but not in the whole uh, in the whole country. I think he's one to watch, and huh? well, uh, of course he's young. He uh, because he scored uh, a pair of goals. Or, or the first goals of his career. It's not something to be in a hurry and say that he's a very good player, but we have to to analyse him and watch him.
0: Yeah. Um, One thing that is worthy of sort of praise in in Atletico's game is that they have managed to pick themselves up. They've tightened up slightly in defence. They've improved enormously in attack, because I just checked quickly while Andres was talking. And during the 2016 Doneo de Transición, which was 16 games, they scored... Uh, 13 or 12 goals. I've already forgotten how many it was because I've had to flip back to the previous table. Um, So far this season, in just six games, they've already scored six goals. So it's only an average of one per game, but it's already massively improved um, on the previous. And they've conceded five, whereas they conceded an average of two per game during the transition. Um, So they have tightened up at one end of the pitch and they have... uh, Opened up at the other end of the pitch, and in both cases they've done it at the correct end, tightening or opening as it were. Um, but they're still sort of wildly inconsistent um, sorry inconsistent um, so jury stood out for me. Um, it's possibly now that those were all of our listeners' questions this week. Um, let's run down the rough standings so far. Because obviously with six games on the table now, we've got some idea uh, of what the championship race is beginning to look like. Although some of these teams have still sort of benefited from perhaps an easier run of fixtures towards the beginning of the season. And some down at the bottom might have uh, been unlucky with the fixtures so far as well. Uh, but at the moment, leading the way with 16 points from six matches, five wins and one draw, um, are Estudiantes. San Lorenzo and Newells, as we mentioned earlier, are sort of joint second. San Lorenzo, one ahead on goal difference um, in second and Newells in third on 14 points each. Uh, And then there is a glut of clubs on 11 points, uh, all of whom have three wins, two draws and one defeat so far. And those clubs are Boca Juniors, River Plate, Racing, Colón and Independiente um, before Atletico de Rafaela in ninth place on 10 points. Uh, Lanús, the defending champions are on 9 in 10th place and Atletico Tucumán are level on points with them but behind on goal difference Um, down at the bottom or rather not at the bottom because there's very little point of course in reading out the bottom of the league table I'll give you the relegation battle Tacheres, first win of the season uh, isn't enough to improve their points average above one per game that means they've got five points in six matches now so for the moment they remain bottom of the the promedio table Atletico de Rafaela In spite of that upturn in form Are still Second bottom Of the relegation for, uh, Table Which gives you An idea of how Ridiculous the Argentine relegation System is If you're only Coming to this
1: Season um, There was a Discussion there When there There, there was the Super League Discussion with mm-hmm. uh, Ridiculous now Because there Are a very Very uh, or there are More serious Problem than That But it was Also discussed That the To it will be eliminated the averages will be eliminated not right now but in some years time Uh, that will be useful for
0: it seems like it's going to be phased out but then there are so many changes at the AFA all the time who knows Um, but yeah hopefully one day we remain we remain at home Conme have listened to us they've restructured the Copa Libertadores along exactly the lines that I've been asking for all along so here's hoping keep the hope the, the next thing to do once the Libertadores actually starts in the format because I still wouldn't put it past them to rescind those changes just yet uh, is to start pleading with the AFA on this airway for um, an end to the relegation table um, so Tacheres and Atletico de Rafaela are the bottom two Sarmiento uh, have exactly 52 points from 52 games and a third bottom and Olimpo for the moment um, are completing the relegation zone with just over one point per game So the relegations, I remember, is four teams going down from this table at the end of the season, which is next June, um, and two teams coming up from the Bay Nacional. But just above those are the other teams who are also in the mix, relegation-wise, are Tempele, Patronato, Quilmes, Arsenal de Sarandi. I'm going to say Defensi, Ustiziano, Rakan are probably in there as well. I suspect that Vélez are just about out of danger, although they do need to... um, show more of the kind of game that they played uh, at the weekend when they beat... Oh, bloody hell, who was it? Um, when they beat Colon, and less of the kind of game that they showed, say, against River. Um, but they should be able to keep themselves above the high-water mark, let's say, um, for the relegation battle. Uh, so it's going to be four of those teams that we've just named to go down, I think.
1: Yes, I think. I, I think the same, like you. And now...
0: Um, Unless you can think of anything else that we've missed Andres.
1: with can you think of anything that we've not mentioned yet uh no well, the main thing about AFA was mentioned and 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 the the perhaps we'll be uh missing the the previews for the next next uh round but I'm glad you mentioned it yes,
0: because now we're going to uh play some theme music and when we get back, you're going to hear mystic sam's predictions because nobody volunteered to predict any matches uh next weekend so i'm going to do them myself and i'm going to do these without any prior consideration or even looking at the fixture list beforehand i'm just going to do them off the top of my head um so don't go away Okay, if you hear clicking in between these um, predictions, it's because I'm going to note down on my on, on my uh, desktop, uh, my laptop, I should say, um, as I predict what I have predicted for each game to make it easier when I put them up on the block tomorrow. So here we go on Friday. Uh, we begin with two matches, which are Sarmiento versus Olimpo, which I think is going to be a draw, and Tasheres de Córdoba at home to Defensa y which I'm also going to call a draw. Um, Quilmes versus Lanús, I think is going to be a Lanús win on Saturday. Godoy Cruz versus Belgrano looks to me like a draw. Tempele versus Independiente looks like an away win. Um, I think Colón are going to beat Patronato. I think that Racing are going to beat Arsenal de And on Saturday evening... I wonder what they're putting on Saturday. What do
1: you River? Uh, I think because on, on Thursday,
0: the Copa argentina been match. perhaps that's... Ah, the... right, that's next week, of course. Uh, so on Saturday evening, River Plate hosts Atletico de Rafaela, and in spite of Atletico de Rafaela's upturn in form, I'm going to go for a River win there. Um, on Sunday, I'm going to back... For the fun of it, I'm going to say that Oracan will have one of their very occasional good games and get an away win over Gimnasia in El Bosque. Uh, Banfield vs. Belezausfield looks to me like a draw. Rosario Central versus Newell's Old Boys, the Clásico Rosarino. I'm going to go for a Central win. I think that they're going to carry on that uh, unbeaten run against Newell's. Tigre at home to Union. Given Tigre's performance or... What I managed to surmise of Tigre's performance Um, away to Olimpo at the weekend. I'm going to go for a Tigre victory there. San Lorenzo vs Estudiantes is. wow, that's a tasty fixture, isn't it, for the weekend? Uh, I had not realised that that one was being played. I'm going for a draw in that one. Uh, Clearly, the best two teams at the start of the season. Um, Atlético Tucumán vs Boca Juniors. You want to back a Boca victory, but I don't think you can, given their awful away form so far, so I'm going for a draw there as well. Aldo civie against San Martín de San Juan is a definitely game to not bother watching on Monday night and is going to be, I think, let's go for an Aldo civie win. And that's your lot. Andres, any thoughts on those? Do you disagree with any?
1: No, there are a pair of matches that... They were like not very easy to, to review, but I, I agree mof- mostly with the, the, res- the results. Thank you very much.
0: Um, and now, on that note, ladies and gents, we're going to bid you farewell for another week. As ever, if you're going to be watching any of the football this coming weekend, then uh, enjoy it. Um, I will not be back after the theme tune to give you any full-time scores or anything because there are no games on tonight. Uh, San Lorenzo's Copa Sudamericana quarterfinal first leg is on Thursday evening um, and well the podcast will be online by then so I won't be back to give you the score for it Um, in the meantime it is thank you very much and goodbye from Andres thank you, goodbye and from me, thank you and goodbye I lied or rather I forgot that there was in fact a Copa Argentina game taking place tonight um, it's just finished in Lanús Stadium and Racing have lost 1 0 against Gimnasia, um, which means that Gimnasia are in the quarter final of the Copa Argentina and Racing aren't.